0: Oh, hi there. You're looking good this morning. I like what you've done with your hair. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. For a Tuesday in the afterglow of the Canada Day long weekend, where stuff happened in the hockey world. Not so much here with the Calgary Flames. Um, we got a fun week planned for you. Well, I think it's going to be fun. might be fun. Maybe I should take that back. I don't want to put too high expectations on it. I think we're going to have a, a fine week. Uh, Matty Rose, I believe he's in Italia right now or flying through the air. Think he, yeah, I think he would have landed by now. I don't think he's listening. I wouldn't either. Um, but my man, uh, he covers uh the flames for the athletic. He's gonna be here all week, including our uh we're on location on Friday for the Stampede Parade. My man, Julian McKenzie. Good morning, sir.
1: What it do, baby? Oh, wow. You got a nice applause. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's obviously uh, a big pleasure. I'm really happy to do this week with you. In studio. Mm-hmm. In studio. That's very important.
0: Uh, you and I did a week of shows 2021, I believe. August
1: 2021.
0: Yeah, we were uh, we were both remote. yes. You were in the uh, province of Quebec. I was in Southern Ontario. Yes, and we were both on the fan five ninety. In Toronto, yes. Um again, let's not let's not really let the listeners know we're both Easterners as they like to call oh, us here. No. So let's just oh, pretend that we're not
1: God. from there. Okay. I promise to never to yeah. never invoke any Eastern bias on this show no, for the rest there won't, of my life. No,
0: none. So we won't we won't try to do that. But you and I done a week of shows together now. This is the first time you and I will be doing it in studio the next four days i really excited uh about the next four days next week too i'm doing uh eric francis is going to be in too oh that's gonna be good so we got uh we got some guest host action uh right now i know you sent the announcement uh yesterday on social media people were asking about maddie Rose's future it's always in peril no i'm just kidding it's <laughs> a- no maddie's not going anywhere, going just, anywhere. Yeah, he, he's on a well deserved uh vacation he's out there um he's done a ton of work for us uh he good two, two and a half weeks off for Matty Rose. So we're going to have you in this week, and Eric Francis is going to be in uh, next week. We got lots to do. We also have an intern in. Oh, we do. Apparently he was here last week, but I, liked, I didn't do the intern announcements. I like interns to tell us about themselves.
1: The fact that you, uh, you have that, like as, as someone who came up as an intern, I never got stuff like that. So that's, that's very nice well, like of you,
0: throw I like to throw them a bone.
1: Yeah. Sometimes
0: our interns come on and have no energy and they fall asleep during the show. I was about to I was about to bring up that guy. I was like, well, there was literally an intern who did that. Yeah. He literally fell asleep for like 45 <laughs> minutes on the Friday. He finished strong. Was he okay? Like he, no, he like, was tuckered out. Did, did the you, sandman paid him a visit. Did you give him like a blanket to sleep to? We should have. You should have. Well, we didn't even like and then Alex Brody was trying to like make loud noises to did Loud you, noises! You're trying to, to wake him up. up. <laughs> he wouldn't wake up. He had his headphones on. He was all tuckered
1: out in the corner. Oh, my God. How do you do that? Considering the the nature of radio and the job, it's one thing to feel really tired. That's impressive. You found a way to sleep 45 minutes during a show. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Again, we're not going to mention the intern's name. No. I just, when I heard what school he went to, I kind of snickered. Oh, really? Well, he went to ASU. What's What's so funny about ASU? Like ASU is like the DeVry of colleges in the United States. <laughs> it means that Everest College, like like me with my like C average, could have gone into ASU. Ooh. Julian, their Ooh. mascot's a broken condom. Ooh. Like that's what. <laughs> that's how easy it is to get into.
1: So easy it is to get
0: into ASU.
1: Someone put the ether beat over. Uh, I'm just saying. George's disses is when I'm he continues s- the slander <laughs> over Arizona State. They have a lovely rink. Yeah, no, it's great.
0: Again, like I, I, I've been there. It's a, it's a party city. I'm a big oh, fan of Tempe. Absolutely. I've been to a bar called the Library, where lovely waitresses dance around in
1: schoolgirl outfits on top of the bar. I did not get the opportunity. To, I don't think I went. Got to go to a bar when I was in Arizona. You missed out. Yeah, that was mostly because I got delayed into getting into Arizona. But you should probably introduce the intern first before yeah. I bring up that story.
0: Um, our intern uh, Shan is with us. Um, why don't you tell us about uh, yourself, sir?
2: Hey, George, appreciate you doing this. No, uh, no problem. I'm, I'm a Calgary kid, born and raised. Uh, I spent a couple of years in Toronto just studying sports media and uh, ended up back in Calgary. It was, it was my, my goal. And uh, I'm all about it. I'm happy to be here. And uh, I've quite enjoyed my three weeks, I will say. It was my first time doing mornings and it was, the shock waking up at 3.30 was, was real. But uh-huh. uh I'm enjoying it now. It's I, I, I have the energy in the morning. I didn't think okay. I would.
0: All right. Um, what school did you go to in Toronto? Uh, College
2: of Sports Media is a, okay. is a small one. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, welcome here. Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome. You're going to do a, uh, a Wimbledon report for us later on. Sounds good. I'm ready because our it. listeners are like, if there's one market that really cares about Wimbledon, it's this one. <laughs> That's what I've learned about Calgary. <laughs> yeah, it's this one. Uh, so, like, I think we'll we'll wrap up the seven o'clock after we talk to Nick Kiprios. We'll do that. Uh, all right. We're well, looking forward to it. thanks, Shin. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. You're a video. Flames fan, right? uh yes, I w- I would say that. Okay, Born raised.
0: because even the intern who fell asleep was a Canucks fan too, so it was right away Whoa. a bad start. Like immediately bad. So this is bad vibes. I get Joe. no
1: words, no no names. Just just yeah. It's be- it's probably better for their sake that we don't say who. It is. Yeah, no,
0: it's fine. So welcome, Shan. Um, again, we we got a busy show. We do. Um, sort of. Right, uh, Nick Kipper is going to join us at seven thirty. Uh, real Kipper and Born uh, talk about uh, what went down this weekend in NHL free agency. And uh, Calgary sports legend, uh, former first round pick of the Calgary Flames, Brent Cron, in studio for the eight o'clock hour. I'm looking forward to that. I've never have you ever this... met Brent Cron? Never.
1: Oh wow. I'm looking. F- I'm actually looking forward to, to to chopping it up with Brent. Uh, he has a giant head.
0: <laughs> That's a nice thing to say. No, but he has a big a head. Legend. No, but he'll say it from somebody who has a large head like myself. Like my head, my head is like my head would orbit. Kron's head because Kron's head is so oh big. Oh my god. But at least Br Brent's like a big dude, right? No, so oh, he is a big dude. Is is the is the head size at least proportional to his body? It is, because he's a massive man. Okay, that's the... how tall is Brent Kron? Like six, what, six four? Yeah, six four about.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. So like no one's four over head. three bills. As long as like his head is not like a bobble head, like what like not to you know, it doesn't really matter. Gary Bettman has a bobble head. Okay. Could you imagine if you had like a big head and you were just bobbling all the time? Right, like I wouldn't like. That's you're an easy target for that. As like, long as his head doesn't bobble,
0: my head is so large that you know when you try to get a hat and it says one size fits all. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It <laughs>
1: absolutely does not. Do you? So when you got those like new era hats that had like the seven three quarters the size on the front, you, seven and a half. You're seven and a half. Yeah. So you. So you're one of those dudes who paid attention to
0: the size. Yeah, because it's hard for for me to find a, again. But my head's kind of proportion
1: to my body. Like I'm all torso. Fair. Would you kinda, Would you leave the stickers on those hats? Were you one of those dudes who would do that? No,
0: like, again, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, my vintage is a little older than you. Like, we didn't leave stickers on hats. We took them off because okay, why right. would you leave a sticker on the hat? But I I'm, understand why the kids do it these days to show that's a brand new hat. And I don't they leave know the if they do off.
1: that now, but there was a time where yes. there was these specific hats where, like, you would leave the, that was the cool thing. You would leave the sticker on the front right. of the brim, and it would show, like, whatever hat size or whatever. It's like a gold sticker yeah. on the front. And, like, that was, like, a status symbol. Or was it was it a Fanatics hat where the logo was off center? Oh, thank God it wasn't Fanatics! Thank God it wasn't Fanatics. If you were wearing Fanatics like hey, ten years true. ago and it was off center, you get roasted. That's the official uh, uh,
0: partner of the NHL now, right? Fanatics.
1: Uh, look, but, I mean, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if the quality is not going to be up to par. If you're showing up to the party, that's fine. The no. NHL took the money; it's all good. But if you're showing up to the party, look, if you're showing up to the party and you're wearing Fanatics and something's off place. Depending on the people you're around, you will get roasted. Okay.
0: Um, we got lots to do. Um, today's America's birthday, one of my favorite days of the year. America. Happy birthday, America. Yes. I have a soft spot in my heart for you, always will. Um, sent out a poll question last night. A lot of traction on this one. I sent out last night, Julian with his with his throngs of followers retweeted it. The SportsCent960, the fan Twitter account. Who's got more followers, Julian or the Fan960?
1: I think, I think Julian, I think you might have more followers in i no, i I'm looking at it right now I have i guess six hundred less is that it it's 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 pretty close it's actually pretty close yeah it is pretty close. that nine sixty has seventeen thousand a little over seventeen thousand followers on on Twitter. I have sixteen and because yeah, you you
0: you you you're very active on social media very you, active. You uh send a lot of um intelligent stuff. Thank you. Uh, me on the other hand, I, I'm I'm not really active on the social media, but I sent on a poll question last night. It's got a lot of traction. Thirteen hundred and seventy seven votes already since last night. In honor of America's birthday, who is the greatest American born Calgary Flame of all, all time? Other please write in. Uh the, the selections were Craig Conroy, Johnny Goudreau, Joe Mullen, Gary Suter. Uh we've got a lot of Jolados. I got a Brett Hall one. I go, he was born in Belleville, Ontario, so he's not American-born. But uh, on the text line, too, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. I'm also going to try to dig up some stats uh, later on. Uh, today's the famous Nathan's hot dog eating contest on Coney Island, where my man Joey Chestnut, uh, we tried to get him on the show. GVP, apparently he said he didn't know if he was competing this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I said we'd still love to have him we don't know. We want to know his training regiment, and then I uh, never heard back from okay, Mister so, Chestnut. Well, he's
0: he's a character. Yeah. Uh, let me let me just throw that out there. I'll, I think we should get him on the show either later this week or uh, next week, in, in the afterglow of him gonna throw down like cram like seventy plus hot dogs down his skull cave. So we'll do that. The most important, the most impressive thing about the hot dog contest is he eats the bun. Should he not eat the bun? No, but I mean, like that's the tough part. You're eating the it's bun. You're the just
1: not eating the the meat. As you dunk it in the in in whatever liquid, water, yeah, it's like water. Like you're you're yeah. Is it supposed to just kind of? I would love to know the science behind it. Like, is it supposed to just like? You think there's that much science? No, oh, there is. Yeah, I mean, soaking I mean, the it, bread makes it go so- down. Exactly. If they're soaking the bread, there's some kind of yeah advantage to doing that.
0: Like I don't think we talk enough about his performance last year where he was on crutches after he sustained some sort of leg injury. I don't I, know how.
1: I, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then whoa, he fought whoa, whoa. off
0: a protester while he was still winning the competition with that one true. arm. That is he did do
1: that. I remember that video.
0: Yeah. The leg Incredible. thing. I mean, like, he, the security needs to be beefed up a little bit at the hot dogs contest.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's an illustrious you, contest. You yeah, look you, you, can't, that every
0: you can't have super, world global superstars like Joey
1: Chestnut potentially <laughs> getting hurt on stage. But, like, you, you were scaring me with the leg thing, though, because we're not talking about Kirk Gibson here. This isn't like, again, this is one of the World Series
0: Dodgers again, athletics. Some of the stuff he's done is gross. Like, I don't even know how it's even possible. Like, some of the world records he has is incredible. The amount of food. And he actually trains. Like, he does, like, muscle exercises with his mouth to, to, to put these things down. How much does he get paid to be a competitive eater? Like, I'm sure he does a lot of stuff on the side. Like,
1: sponsorship stuff?
0: Yeah, like, you can pay Joey Chestnut to come to your, you know, stag and have him eat, like, 500 chicken wings in, like, an hour or something. Like, I'm sure you could do that.
1: Because I'm wondering, like, could Joey Chestnut, and I generally don't know this, could Joey Chestnut get by in a year just doing those surprise gigs and hot dog eating competitions and not have a side job? Because I can't, like, like, what's he making, like? He's not making it in the millions.
0: Yeah. He own he owns a uh, fifty
1: five world records. Of course he does. Yeah. Because he he's he's the glizzy eating champion. Yeah. Um You're allowed to say glizzy on air? Mm-hmm. Okay, we can say glizzy. That's good. Um he uh
0: he owns the pulled pork oh. um, world record. He ate nine pounds and six ounces of smoked pulled pork oh. in ten minutes in September of two
1: thousand six. That but that's like heavy. Well, I mean you're competitive, you do that often enough, you should be fine. Like that would knock me out for a whole week
0: um he ate this is incredible in eight minutes on september thirteenth twenty thirteen 2013, he ate four point three seven five three pound apple pies in eight minutes
1: what that no way
0: yeah no way yeah oh no these are all these are hundred percent true this is he that's why he's the king <laughs> um he ate uh thirty six ounce fish tacos in five minutes in August of 2014. So like his workout regimen must be like insane. No, he's no. But like the thing is, he's he is a competitive eater. But then like he eats normal food at the same time. Like he enjoys
1: normal food. How does he so like how like how much different is it enjoying normal food when you competitively eat for a living?
0: Well, again, I I guess he can switch off. uh, He flips a switch. Like, again, these are the questions you need to ask him. And we gotta try to have him on We're this week. We're gonna have about this week. I, I have interviewed him. Okay. And I've I've played clips on that in this show. It was my Frost Nixon moment. It was the <laughs> pinnacle of my broadcasting career. And he was half in the bag still because he had like 36 beers in like a day. Oh my god. It was his cheat day. No, literally. And he was on he was on the air and he was kind of slurring his words a little bit. Oh, that's not good. Much like the day after our beer league game with Maddie. we can go back in the podcast and listen to that one. But um <laughs> Wolf. But, uh, yeah, he uh, yeah he was after it, and he keeps everything inside. And as he told me, you wouldn't want to sit beside me on a plane on the way home. Oh, That's what he said. Oh,
1: This dude's farts must be unbelievable. Yeah. yeah like flatulence. Yeah, yeah. Gag city. Um,
0: busy show. 960-960 uh, name and location. Uh, Texas, the greatest American-born Calgary flame. Of all time. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, we got stats about uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And Julie McKenzie's here. Um, the weekend that was for the Calgary Flames. Can you sum it up in one word?
1: Uneventful. Okay. I mean, they lost players. Which was to be expected. Because they were not expected to be a big player. In keeping some of those guys. Like Milan Lucic, for example. Or Troy Stetcher. Uh, I think Trevor, Trevor Lewis is back in L.A. now. I don't think I've seen Nick Ritchie sign anywhere. They weren't expected to sign anybody. I mean, in terms of the big thing for for this team was if they were going to offload Noah Hannafin or Mm -hmm. what was the future going to be for Michael Backlund or Elias Lindholm. And it seems like this team's just going to wait it out. Uneventful is the right word I would use. There nothing, maybe it's weird to say nothing happened because they did sign Jordan Osterley and Brady Lyle, but nothing. Those are just depth organizational moves exactly right nothing happened like we could get into this Uh, we're definitely going to get into it but like i think the longer the flames wait in terms of deciding what to do with Lindholm and backland and offloading hanafin the more trouble they put on themselves in terms of finding a buyer it seems as if the market is not going to give them Hmm. maybe a high-quality return value on some of their assets as they might want. And some of those places that would have made sense to offload some of those assets, they have since done things to plug up those holes. I think of a Pittsburgh, for example, which might not have even had all the assets to make a Hannafin trade work. They might have had to have been a little bit more creative. But they signed Ryan Graves to a six-year deal worth like 4.5 mil which is already going to be cheaper than whatever they were going to pay Noah Hannafin if they got him Mm -hmm. as an example I think of a Nashville if they were going to get themselves interested in in a Michael Backlund they signed Ryan O'Reilly to a cheaper deal Pittsburgh can also be thrown that that as well because they signed Lars Eller too maybe Colorado ends up being that team for Michael Backlund but still just the longer you let this wait, the longer you push this out with those players, mm-hmm. I feel as if the more of that trade market is just going to dry up and you're either going to put yourself in a position where you're going to have to take a lesser deal or you risk waiting and you pretty much do the thing you said you weren't going to do, which is have a bunch of expiring contracts on your roster.
0: Mm-hmm. Or you wait to the trade deadline, right? And then you're the stars of the trade deadline, right? Because who wouldn't want, you know, Noah Hannafin for a playoff run? And that's again, you're also doing the risk of him not
1: getting hurt. That and Result. what if the team... I think
0: I think that's the one thing we forget too. What if Noah Hannafin starts the season with the flames and then suffers a season ending injury?
1: Yep. Then also, what? no one's considered this too. What if all those players bounce back and they're good? I know a lot of people were like, Man, this team sucks. Man, this team could get in the playoffs. Whatever, J- Jacob Bartram's a bum. Is that how they sound? Maybe. Okay. But what if this team's good? What if this team is, and y'all could correct me if I'm wrong. What if this team is actually in a good spot at the deadline, sort of like what it was when Johnny Gaudreau was a pending free agent, mm-hmm. and they're like, "All right, we got to go for it, and we got to do see what we can do with this roster," and then you lose those guys for nothing. It, isn't that part of the risk that you run? Like, Absolutely. I get, I get the deadline. There is that opportunity where you can get assets. But seizing ending injuries, depending on the team's performance too, that's not always a guarantee. And considering what that draft class is supposed to be like this year, I really think that week that was the opportunity to do it. And the fact that no one was willing to move, that was really surprising for me.
0: Does it feel like um, it's just an inevitability that both uh, the Flames and Maple Leafs are going to get together on a deal? Yeah. Like, um, does it feel like this is going to happen? Because the, the Maple Leafs got roasted for what they did on day one of free agency on Saturday. And then on Friday, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it's like, whoa, look at the Leafs. Whoa. Look at the moves are to Max Domi Bertuzzi. Wow. They got him. To, they got
1: Max Domi to sign while he was on vacation.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it was his dream to play for the Leafs, blah, blah, blah. I get it. And that's great. But um they apparently, and they got John Klingberg. Oof, that, yeah, that's, again, the Leafs no. can, again, I don't think tree's done and good for them. We're going to talk to Nick Caprios about this. Their blue line sucks. I'm sorry. It does. When you had John Klingberg and you're hoping he can be like a shell of what he was uh, back in the day, he stinks. Like uh, they got a lot of work to do. So maybe Noah Hannafin. And again, I keep seeing it on social media and I brought this up. I okay. brought this. When, Patrick, when did I bring this up? A while ago, right? Months ago. About William Nylander potentially oh. coming to the Calgary Flames. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So you're willing to pay him $10 million? Yes. Here's why. Here's why. No, here's why. Uh, okay. I want to hear this. Because if William Nylander goes to unrestricted free agency, the number starts at nine, especially with the cap going up next year. Yes. Like, let's not, like, again, it's hard for me to trust the NHL when they tell me the cap's going to go up. Same as you. But if it is, in fact, going up, if I can have, so this is what I was thinking about last night. If I can trade for William Nylander, if I'm Craig Conroy, and I convince Elias Lindholm to stay, which I think if William Nylander is traded here, that would be a big boost for Elias Lindholm to stay. Absolutely. Then you got two lines with two sets of guys that you can say, hey, our, our top six is pretty damn good. Lindholm, Nylander, let the two Swedes play together. Yep. And then you have Huberto and Kadri playing together. Boom.
1: Pretty damn good.
0: You I look mean, around Huber, the I NHL. Huberto and
1: Cadre together were kind of meh together, but I sure. understand what you're doing
0: or whatever. Put Huberto with that. Even b- put Neilander, <laughs> Lindholm. and the Huberto Lindholm together.
1: is the, is the two. Like that's not changing. or
0: no, or even Huberto and uh, and Neilander together. Like you want, put him with the shooter. Sure, sure. That works. Whatever. These are good problems to have. Sure. If you can somehow finagle, because apparently the. The contract discussions between Nylander and Leafs are not going well. And some of that, and this is, we'll talk to Nick Kiprios about this too. Some of that's ego, I believe, for William Nylander. Because why does he have to be the guy who has to take less money? Because Austin Matthews certainly is not going to take less money. When Mitch Marner's deals up after in two years, he's not going to take any less money. And Nylander's like, I'm the guy who's been consistently putting the biscuit in the basket. I want to get mine. And if I'm William Nylander and I see a number, what like Pierre-Luc Dubois signed for. 8.5. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh scored more goals than that guy in this league. And I can play center too if I have to. Yeah, but and I'm a dynamic play player. Often. No, but he can. I guess. Sure. But I mean, goals, you gotta pay for goal scoring in the NHL. You do. And if it takes I don't and you know what? Honestly, like what's on the Calgary Flames? That you wouldn't want to trade for William Nylander and you try to convince him to stay. Like, what, what, who's the piece? Like, it's Hannafin plus what? There's nothing on this. I, I'm not turning him Rasmus Sanderson, but there's really nothing on this roster that I, or even a prospect that I'd be like, ooh, I don't want to really part with that guy. It's not like the Flames are trading Coronado and Hannafin for, for, um, Nylander because it's only one year. Lin- uh, Nylander, if Nylander signs long term, maybe that's something you look at. Yeah. But again, there's nothing on this Flames roster outside of Rasmus Anderson. I'm not trading. Like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I would be comfortable with trading because if you can convince William Elander to stay, because if he wants to get his bag, he can potentially get his bag here with Calgary. And and if you look at what his dad did back in his NHL career, he chased those dollars. It's all about the money first, and then, okay, I'll go play there. Right? Because that's what I hear. Oh, nobody wants to sign here. Well, if the Flames want to give William Nylander $10 million a year, I think he'll sign a contract, <laughs> and then Elias Lino will be like, "Oh, wait, you just signed William Nylander? Maybe I'm going to stay here because the, what the
1: Flames don't have right now on this roster, which William Nylander is, is a game breaker." I've been saying that all year. I, my my counter argument to that, and I'm not necessarily saying they shouldn't do it, but you feel comfortable in a world where you're committing ten a half million for the foreseeable future every year to Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, what like nine million? I forget how much for Nazem an awesome Kadri, and then Nylander and then presumably you're signing Lindholm too. I don't know what the percentage is for those four forwards. Like, So much for a rebuild at that point. Like You're you're very much all in on that forward. Well, if Lindholm is for, staying, there's no such thing as a rebuild. There's right? absolutely no such thing as I. I still think even if they move on from Elias Lindholm, as long as they have the Huberdo and Kadri and weaker contracts, there is no, Markstrom as well, there is no rebuild going on here. A lot of people are like, this is the time to do a rebuild. As long as those four players are there, there is no rebuild happening. There might be an aggressive retool, but sure. there is no rebuild that is happening. But my question is, are you comfortable with what you've seen from the roster from last year and you're at a point where you got to make a move to get a William Nylander, whether or not you get him to stay, you are comfortable with at least offering $10 million to William Nylander with the roster that's in place, more or less.
0: I had a, I had a big rant on this, on this show about how the, the team needs the fans and some of the media is guilty of falling in love with mediocrity in the city. Like he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. He is. And the flames don't have anybody like him on the roster or they, really have anybody like him coming up in the system. They do not. So if you want, if, if Elias Lindholm is going to stay here long term, I go hard after William Nylander. If Elias Lindholm decides he's going, I don't want William Nylander here. That's essentially what I'm trying to tell you. Because if he's if Elias Lindholm's going to stay and he's going to be the centerpiece of a trade package, then you're in full rebuild mode, and then you tr- see what you can do, and then you start building prospects and picks. And I'm okay with going down that road too. But if Elias Lindholm's staying in Calgary, Craig Conroy and Dave Nonis should be doing, and, and Brad Paschal should be doing whatever means necessary, because I'm sure Tree would be super interested in some of the pieces he had here. And obviously, that's a little dangerous game to play because you're a little uneasy trading with the guy who used to be your general manager. But also, there's an easier path there for a trade like that to happen. Because if William Nylander is going to price his way out of Toronto, there's a chance he could stay here long term. And if I'm the Calgary Flames, and if I'm keeping Elias Lindholm, that's something I want to explore.
1: I don't have a problem with that, for the record. I do, I do. did. I did do the whole devil's advocate thing. I think that... You're absolutely right in the fact that this team lacked game breakers, and they pointed that out at so many different moments last year. And I think he would make a difference. I guess there is the whole thing about him not being so great defensively, but at the same time, that
0: that that, that that's something that's a stink he's had him. He's he's improved not, that part of his game,
1: but also that's not what you need him for.
0: But you also don't pay defensive players nine million dollars a year. What about Elias Leno? two way yep. player? Oh, right, but he can also. Score goals, and, yeah. And, but I'm just saying. No, I get you. He's a two way player. He's but, not, I added that. He's not, you know, back in the day, Geek Carbono blocking shots, like no. he's a defensive first, you know, selkie winner. Yeah, I get
1: he, it. No, I get that. No, I, I think if they could make a deal work, you get Hannafin. I imagine a first is probably going to have to be involved in that trade. And I guess if we're we're operating from the standpoint that Nylander has not officially committed. Like is like, what's enough for for a Nylander trade? Like is Hannafin in a first, and that's at least a foundation. Even if Nylander's not going to sign long term, is that enough to start? I would think it would be. I think it's enough to start. What pro- Con- Do you throw in Connors
0: area Again, there's th- there's really nothing that I would be against trading if if Nylander's staying here long term and he's going to sign an extension and work out a sign and trade with him yeah whatever you want outside of Rasmus Anderson I think that's essentially what it is if you're the Calgary Flames right they yeah. want Huberto sure but I mean like outside of Huberto <laughs> you, can, Brad, you can have him in Toronto if you go ahead and take him oh god but uh, if if there's a chance that you can get that guy here because it just makes a ton of sense yeah the Leafs need help on the blue line they do no Hannafin says he'd prefer, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he said he'd prefer to play in the United States. Yes. But I think he would maybe play for the Leafs. At least for a year. Yeah. And then they
1: figure that out. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. I think, look, I, I don't disagree. I would love to see the Flames be aggressive and realize that, hey, you know what, this window that we have, if we're going to be competitive, because they have said all along that they want to be competitive too. that's not thing too a lot of people are like man this is the time to rebuild this is the time to and all that this team has said they were going to intend they intended on competing right so them making a move for william nylander would be very much in line with their goals and aspirations
0: and, and again thanks for your text uh, putting your name and location too we're getting a lot of text uh, 960 960 name and location yes on the uh assuming he's not in his 10 team no trade list that thing isn't set in stone like, they can approach William Elander and go, we know you said the Flames are on your list, but this is a deal we have. Would you be? Would you consider going there? I mean... It's not
1: a hard... It, this isn't like, oh, it's impossible to trade him there. But also the player, it, it, if the team's on their list, they could enforce that and say no. Of course, that's what I mean. Yeah. But,
0: but you can also talk to him and go, yeah, I'll go there. I'm not sure if the Flames are on that list. I have no idea. We, we don't know. They could be. He was born here. His dad played here. Yep. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if the Flames are on that list. I would be. Like, I mean... like uh, I, The Jets and the Senators are on that list. I can, yeah. yeah. Buffalo, maybe. Buffalo, maybe, yeah. Edmonton, maybe on that list. <laughs> yeah, who don't go play in Edmonton? But he, they're not. He, the Edmonton owners aren't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to play in Edmonton. Yeah. Jeez. Um, We got lots to do. Uh, also, at 7 o'clock, I want to talk about the Matthew Phillips situation.
1: Yeah, we have to talk about that.
0: Uh, we'll do that at 7 o'clock. Uh, Nick Caprio is going to join us at 7.30. We'll, we'll throw him the William Nylander stuff because I think it's fascinating. And I think potentially a lot, a lot of it makes sense, right? A lot of it makes sense between uh, the Flames and the Maple Leafs. Uh, Brett Cron in studio. Uh, the poll question's up. At George Rusick. At J.K.A. McKenzie. That's a
1: tough one. How's that a tough one? It's JKA McKenzie. Okay. On Twitter. That's a tough one. It's a mouthful to say. PD, is that tough? No. No,
0: it's not tough. It's not tough at all. Has anybody ever called you PD in your entire life, Patrick Tumal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've never called you PD once. Maybe I should start. If you like. Okay um pull questions <laughs> up in honor of america's birthday who's the greatest american-born calgary flame of all time other please write in uh craig conroy johnny goudreau joe mullen gary Suter. keep them rolling in 960 960 name and location the rose report starring pd patrick dumont is next it's the big show it's george it's julian it's patrick it's shan it's gvp it's sports at 960 the fan Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, no Matty Rose, he's on vacay. He's gallivanting around Italia. Uh, Julian McKenzie from The Athletic and all week, all week, wake up calls for you all week. Uh, Excited that you're here. Uh, We're excited that Nikiprios is going to join us at 730 and uh, the legendary Calgary sports legend. Brent Cron in studio in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Lots to discuss. Um, There's no Matty Rose. So my man, uh, Patrick Dumont, has the Rose report. And it's brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Yes, sir. Wait, why didn't we play the Marty Rose thing? I don't. You want to? Yeah, I do. All right. Can we play that uh, GVP? Matty Rose. Marty Rose. Thank you. Matt Rose.
1: <laughs> Matt <laughs> Rose. Adam Rose. Rose in bloom. Matty Rose.
2: Hello. This is the Morning Report. Uh, no Matty. He's in Italia for the next uh, couple weeks or so. So I'll be doing the Morning Reports. Uh, NHL offseason is here. And for the Calgary Flames, as expected, not much action in as free agency opened up on Canada Day with only $2.4 million in cap space to work with. Very much a bargain bin depth piece hunting during the opening weekend of free agency. There were two Flames signings, however. Uh, defenseman Jordan Osterly, uh spent the last two seasons with the Red Wings. Had 11 points in 52 games this past season. Uh, Calgary will be the uh, defenseman's fifth team. A veteran of 349 games. Spent time with the Red Wings, Coyotes, Blackhawks, and Oilers. Originally went undrafted out of Western Michigan. Uh, he joined our Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk to discuss how this move came to be. So obviously an exciting time for wow. my family and I. And, um, it came together pretty quickly. Um, and obviously, uh, um, I stressed to my, to my agents that I wanted to go to a team that was um, competing and, and, and trying to win. And obviously, Calgary has their own thing going on right now. but. Yeah, I don't know why uh, they kept talking to him like that, but that why was Jordan. Is it so overmodulated. Uh, I—that's his phone, I guess. And I don't know how, how long was that interview. Like 14 minutes. That Holy was the best connection we crap. could get. I was opping with Steinberg yesterday, and it was what? It was rough. 14 minutes of that. I uh, apologies there, but that was uh, one of them. Uh, was Jordan. he in a sub? Must have been. <laughs> whoa! whoa, whoa. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon on that one. Oh, no.
0: What? I just asked. What are you guys talking
2: about? Oh, nothing. Anyways, it's a one-year deal worth uh, $925K. Uh, Spent last season skating with Ole Mata, Jake Wallman, Gustav Lindstrom. Playing on the left side with Lindstrom and on the right side with the other two. Uh, Just a no-nonsense type defender. and Provides some competition for uh, perhaps Denny Gilbert uh, for that 7th D spot. Uh, The other signing was uh, very much an organizational move. More likely to benefit the Wranglers at least early on. Uh, It's another D-man Brady Lyle. Uh, to a one-year, two-way deal worth 775 k 140000 at the AHL level. Lyle's big, 6'3", 215 pounds. He also joined Pat Steinberg, hopefully not sounding like a robot. Organizationally, uh, up top especially, obviously, they have some pretty uh, strong players on the right side, on the back end, and, you know, kind of guys that I model my game after a little bit or look up to and whatnot. But uh, in the same sense, I feel like... Um, you know, it's a team that might be going through a little bit of a transitional period. And if uh, things were to go a certain way, I might be able to, you know, make that step in the NHL and kind of have a good opportunity to get my first uh, first couple of games in up top. There's uh, Brady Lyle. So, yeah, gentlemen, a thought on these two very much depth signings to kick off the offseason?
1: Uh, just just to kind of show up their defense. man. Yeah. Uh, that's basically it. That's they're just kind of there. I. Like, no disrespect to those guys. I'm sure they're lovely men. But like, nah. It's just depth, not needle needle movers. No, no, they're not pushing anything. Also, uh, I I heard what you said with the Denis Gilbert. By the way, <laughs> that was not lost on me. Yeah, he's from Buffalo. He's so from Buffalo. I, I, I know, I know, we it's Denis Gilbert. Gilber. We we just call him
0: Denis Gilbert. <laughs> Denis Gilbert, like able uh, uh, hey, we'll gold Denis Gilbert. Gee uh, Bear. Guy Bear was from New York. It's actually Guy yes. Herbert, Guy but he Herbert. also went. He also, <laughs> for some reason, it was always Gee Bear. I don't know why. I remember that. Um, I kind of. I was a little upset. I got a little sad when uh, the Stetch dog, Troy Stetcher, went to Arizona. I'm like, yeah. that could have been a nice piece for the Flames. I thought he was really good here since getting acquired in the trade. I really liked what he did. But these moves obviously don't move the needle at all. They're just organizational moves that you have to do. But again, I, I'm i okay with Craig Conroy being a little patient instead of jumping into things. Because what what was some of the things uh, people were talking about when he did the Tafoli? Oh, it was too soon. You just jumped yeah. into this. Well, I'm okay. Like These are some... Big decisions that potentially are going to shape the the organization for the next three, four, five years. The trading of Noah Hannafin and potentially re-signing or trading Elias Lindholm. These are big moves that he has to do, and I'm okay if he's taking a little bit of time to make these decisions.
1: I still think, like I said in that first segment, the longer you wait, the more you're playing with fire. You're putting yourself in a situation where maybe some of those guys on expiring contracts return, and that's a situation you did. I think that's a big thing with with Craig Conner in this situation. It's the fact that he said he didn't want to have a lot of those contracts just kind of playing out in that final season. It's the fact that he didn't want to have Johnny Gaudreau 2.0. It's one thing if we all see the roster as it is, and we think, okay they definitely don't want to do this. It's a whole other thing when you put yourself out there and you're like, man, that's not what I want to do. And now you find yourself in a position where, okay, you're waiting and you're taking your time, but you could find yourself in that spot. I still think the opportunity for them to really maximize on some of those returns might have been last week, mm. but there is an opportunity for, st- for mm. them to still get some kind of return on some of the assets they move.
2: Uh, the club also brought back some depth bodies in Colton Bullman, Martin Pospisil, and Dryden Drayden Hunt. Uh, some players that were under contract last year with the Flames found some new homes as well, while well, their new old homes. Uh, Milan Lucic going back to Beantown to return to the Bruins after eight long years away, signing a one-year, $1 million deal. Trevor Lewis returning to the City of Angels to be with the Kings on a one-year $775,000 deal. George, you mentioned uh, the Stetch Dog going Mm. back to the desert, signing a one-year $1.1 million. Sorry for Richmond, Yeah, and uh, Matthew Phillips. He was a Group 6 UFA, Mm. uh, one you really hope doesn't come back and bite you in the butt. Uh, He's joining his AHL head coach, Mitch Love, in Washington. Uh, Good for Matthew Phillips. He'll have a chance to prove himself at an NHL level, too, signing a one-year, one-way deal with the Capitals. I want to talk yeah. about that coming up at the we'll, top of the uh, hour. We'll talk with uh, about Matthew Phillips at the yeah, top of the hour. And now, both Milan Lucic and Phillips will be on the Eric Francis show later today. That goes at noon. Uh, to the rest of the NHL story, despite not being chock full with big names, teams are uh, finding ways to spend money either way. Uh, we'll start right here in the Pacific Division. The Anaheim Ducks dipping their toes into the state of Florida. Signing Alex Kalorin away from the Tampa Bay Lightning, four years, twenty-five million dollars, and big defenseman Radko Gudis uh, from the Panthers. He signs uh, on a three-year deal worth twelve million dollars. The Oilers they were linked, long linked with Connor Brown, while he signs one year, four million dollars. Uh, only played four games last year before tearing his ACL with the Capitals. Uh, the deal's only seven hundred seventy-five thousand on the cap hit. Uh, he's got a three point two five million dollars tied up in performance bonuses. Uh, want to know where? We- One of the cheapest goalie rooms in the NHL is look no further than the LA Kings. Uh, They lose Jonas Corposalo to the Ottawa Senators. So to go along with Phoenix Copley, Cam Talbot and David Riddick, uh, both signing one-year deals worth $1,875,000 respectively. In total, that's about $3.375 million tied up into three goalies, all with different ranges of NHL experience and uh, all will become UFAs next season. LA really taking that Vegas net model to heart. Uh, the Seattle Kraken really made a sneaky pickup under the radar. That's uh, defenseman Brian Dumoulin. Two years, $6.3 million. 31-year-old is coming off of a career-high 25 points. Played in all 82 contests last year and won two cups in 10 years with the Penguins. Also signed Kyler Yamamoto to a one-year $1.5 million deal. Uh, one former Kraken defender heads up I-5 past the Peace Arch, and that's Carson Soucy signing with the Vancouver Canucks. Three years on an AAV of $3.25 million. They also tacked on a no-trade clause uh, with that one. They also added Ian Cole to the back end on a one-year deal and uh, signed Teddy Bluger on a one-year deal as well. Pacific Division thoughts, guys? Uh, I'm,
1: it's still Vegas' is to lose as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. L.A. is still really good. I mean, Edmonton is Edmonton. Calgary right now, man. Like it's the fact that they were inactive. They're basically saying that you know what? With the, I mean, obviously there's a lot of decisions that they're going to have to make, mm-hmm. but I mean, they haven't really done anything to make themselves better than those three teams. Am oh, yeah. I wrong?
0: No. Like no. I, I've been saying, like all of a sudden, if you really look at it, is the Pacific Division the best division in hockey? It might be. I mean, you have the reigning cup champion there. You have a really good... The two best players on the planet play three hours north of the city. Los Angeles is, is still a sneaky... It's common.
2: I,
1: yeah. I know they're out in the first round. They're, they're yeah. a sneaky good team.
0: Yeah. Seattle's on the on the rise. Vancouver's still a disaster. Mm-hmm. Anaheim's still a disaster. And San Jose blows. I understand all of that. But the top end of this division is elite. It's very good. And where's Calgary? Right in the middle? Yeah. They, like Fourth best team in this division right now? Yeah. Arguably
1: maybe better than the Kraken? Maybe? Maybe and even the Kraken, the way that they were they were built for last year, just that balanced lineup up and down, mm-hmm. like they could easily sneak into the playoffs. And, and they showed last year they could give a good team a run for their money and beat oh, them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think there's an argument to be made
2: uh, for the Flames forever in that middle. The uh, rest of the franchise story: uh, Leafs handing out money like uh, Lloyd Christmas on uh, in Dumb and Dumber, uh, coming out to terms with Max Domi. Tyler Bertuzzi, Ryan Reeves, John Klingberg. They all still have to figure out what's going to happen with William Nylander as well. Brad living, certainly not playing a calm to start off his tenure in Toronto. Mentioned that that second buyout window is a possibility to relieve some of that pressure on the cap. We will see as Toronto's a very interesting team. Red Wings also were quite a- a active, adding JT Comfer, Shane Goss, Klim Kostin. Justin Hole, Daniel Sprong, and James James Reimer. Carolina Hurricanes spent big on two players that spent time in their own division this past year. Uh, Demetri Orlov, two years, $7.75 million per season. And Michael Bunting, three years with an AAV of $4.5 million. They also re-signed Frederick Anderson. Predators used some of that buyout space on Ryan O'Reilly, four years, $18 million. The New York Islanders extended Elias Sorokin, perhaps a benchmark for one Connor Hellebuck's extension, gets eight years, $66 million. Uh, Blake Wheeler, who was bought out Friday by the Jets, goes to the Rangers. Blue shirts also bringing in Jonathan Quick, Nick Benito, Eric Gustafson, Tyler Pitlick, and former flame Connor Mackey. Uh, the other big name bought out was Matt Duchesne. He signs with the Dallas Stars. One year, $3 million. There's your uh, crash course on free agency. I miss Connor Mackey going to the Rangers. Yeah, I saw that last night. Oh, good for Connor Mackey. Good for Connor I, yeah. For whatever reason, my
1: brain still thought he was in Arizona.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did. but uh, I mean, he played well there. He, Arizona yeah. gave him some
1: time and
0: got himself yeah. another contract. I'm really surprised what's going on with the Predators. Like, what's
2: Barry yeah, not doing? Like, I, you are you, get you rid rebuilding? Of are you not? Matt Duchene had 41 goals last year, and you buy him out after one. Okay, man. Of year, and now you're that bio's gonna hurt, yeah. And yeah. now you're giving money to an older, kind of similar player who's not as skilled. I don't, I don't, I don't get it,
1: yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that they were going to be going further into the retooling, rebuilding yeah. with the way they went th- about their deadline. This is clearly a team that I mean, Barry Trotz has got out and said they need to change the culture, they oh, want to yeah. be a little bit more of a winning culture there, mm-hmm. but why do it now? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they feel like they're the young players that they have. I mean, they did play decently well, well to get them to try to get to the playoffs, but they, I don't know if they have the team to do it. Maybe they look—we have
0: Soros, we have Roman um, Yossi, Soros, yes. like we we have a solid team that potentially, you know, we got some good, nice Phillip young Forsberg. pieces. Sure. I just I think it's interesting, and I think it's interesting that uh, the Leafs pretty much gave the same kind of deal to Ryan O'Reilly, and he chose Nashville over Toronto.
1: Hmm. I think that's which fascinating. I thought
0: was fascinating. We'll ask Nick Kiprios that coming up at 7.30, because apparently Ryan O'Reilly's like, yeah, uh, you know, great, blame for the Leafs, my dad's super excited. It's like, actually, I don't like playing for the Leafs. I want to peace out here, because I'd much rather just go to the grocery store and nobody knows who the hell now, I am.
1: I guess that's it, because like, pretty much from locker clean-out day, Ryan O'Reilly seemed like a guy who was ready to test the market. And then people were just kind of talking about it, making it seem as if, oh, maybe with Brad living there, maybe there's a window that he does reconsider, and it seemed as if the Leafs did try to bring him back, and then you have this scenario where he yes. joins the predators at four point five mil.
0: And again I, I think I think we all forget that ultimately uh, a lot of these guys are in for the for the for the cake. I don't know what the tax structure is in Tennessee, but I would venture a guess it's less than it is in I, Ontario. I, I think it's better than Ontario. So um <laughs> yeah, uh these guys like to make their bank uh, and they like to live in Nashville, which is a cool place to live. Very cool place. Can't really blame Ryan O'Reilly for making that decision. The guy has a cup. Guy has a consmite. He doesn't really have to prove anything left in his NHL career. Ryan O'Reilly Maybe he can, wants to make his bank in Nashville and have a nice life. Nothing can, wrong
1: with that. He can go to you go play at Bridgestone Arena, and then when he's done, walk over to Tootsie's. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. He'll have fun in Smashville. Uh, to the baseball story. Blue Jays' struggles versus the AL East continued Boy. over the Canada day-long weekend, getting swept to the hands of the Boston Red Sox. Jays now 7-20 versus the rest of the Unreal. American League East. Only the Athletics and Rockies, who are both last place in their divisions, have worse divisional records. Tonight, they begin a six-game, two-city road trip before it's the All-Star break. Uh, Jays on the south side of Chicago tonight, beginning a three-game set with the White Sox. Toronto 45-40, uh, one and a half games back of that third and final AL wildcard spot. Uh, tonight's pitching matchup, it's a dandy. Chris Bassett up against Lu- Lucas Giolito. 6'10", first pitch on Sportsnet. We'll have the broadcast from Guaranteed Rate Field right here on Sportsnet 960 starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, despite not having any starters in the American League lineup, uh, the Jays will be well represented in next Tuesday's Midsummer Classic. Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Whit Merrifield, and Kevin Gosman will all represent the Bluebirds in the Emerald City. It's Vlad and Whit's third All-Star appearance. Gosman and Bichette will be making their second uh, probably a chance they'll send one more. Maybe Jordan Romano gets uh, gets in there. As you know, a ton of names will be dropping out over the next week, and uh, maybe not all bad for Alec Manoa. Big Puma making a, a start at Double A New Hampshire. Struck out ten for the Fisher Cats over the weekend. Had his fastball hovering between ninety three and ninety five. John Schneider suggested maybe a couple more starts, perhaps in Buffalo, before making a call on Manoa. Uh, I think that's the right approach
0: obviously confidence is an issue and fastball command was maybe the number one oh, issue yeah. Yeah. he had up here that he didn't have a ton of confidence in it because that's what he was doing last year when he was an all-star and we all remember when he was on the mound and talking to john smoltz it was awesome uh, He was all about dotting his fastball and he hasn't done that this season mm-hmm. uh he also got rocked uh, a little bit <laughs> in his first start so uh in that in that florida league where nobody knows where they don't <laughs> even keep score it's like six-year-old soccer But uh, he got rocked in that one. They definitely need him. And I'm really fascinated what Hunjin Ryu is going to mean to this team. Because apparently he's close to coming back. Yeah,
2: uh, he's going to be making his first rehab uh, appearance today, either at the FCL or in single-A Dunedin. Uh, There's a chance he could be joining the club by the end of the month. Uh, And also with it being the 4th of July, a lot of matinee baseball around the Diamonds. Uh, Rangers and Red Sox go at noon on Sportsnet. You can watch Shohei and the Halos at 4.30. Tangle with the Padres on Sportsnet 1 following that one. At 8 o'clock, the Dodgers host the Padres. Uh, NBA, uh, a little quick here. uh, No surprise here, but good for Van Vliet. Uh, The former Raptor became the first ever undrafted player to sign a $100 million contract, signing a three-year $130 million deal with the Houston Rockets. The Raptors signed Dennis Schroeder as a roundabout replacement for Van Vliet. Mm. The Germans signed a two-year $26 million deal with the Raptors.
1: Happy for Fred Van Vliet, man. Yeah. Happy Happy uh, he bet on himself. I don't know if you remember that tweet he put out mm-hmm. how many years ago saying he bet on himself. Mm-hmm. Undrafted player. I get it. Like, you know, the field goal percentage for career-wise, a lot of people were looking at that. They're like, wow, the Rockets gave him that money. But just as a pure story for Fred Van Vliet and what he's meant to the city of Toronto and he's meant to the Raptors organization, I've seen a lot of people happy for him, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I I hope he has nothing but the best for him in, in, in Houston. Dennis Schroeder is obviously not going to <laughs> sufficiently replace what Fred Van Vliet has meant to that city. I'm also still just genuinely confused on what the Raptors are really yeah. doing here. That's a team that should have been rebuilding, yeah. and now they're out. Fred Van Vliet, they have Pascal Siakam left, they have OG Ananobi. Connie what is Martin? this team? I wonder Barnes, if you, like, you, what are
2: they going to do? I wonder if Ananobi and Siakam here are on the, on the move in the next few Weeks, so it's just Scotty Bard's and it, friends,
0: but but you let but you let
2: Fred Van Vliet walk for nothing that's yeah. just terrible. I management it, it's by the Raptors. Messiah, the last few years since winning that title, it's been quite a, kind of questionable how the Raptors have gone about business. Uh, is they were shocked by Kawhi, it, it was like, oh, Kawhi's gonna come back, and then mm. nothing since. And it's just been, but also, Kawhi's done zero with it. Kawhi's done absolutely yeah, nothing with absolutely. The,
1: but
0: that but that franchise is also cursed, I think. Yeah,
1: the thing to do at that point was to find a star player of Kawhi's value, and that's all they really needed that year. But just since then, just the well, team that's has, easier said than done. I absolutely agree you with can't that. Win,
0: you can't win an NBA championship
1: without a superstar. You absolutely. Just it's just the point I'm trying to say is, is that to go from that being the only hole you're missing to your team basically being deconstructed over the last four or five years, mm-hmm. it's it's quite a fall for the Raptors.
2: Uh, Tennis' third Grand Slam of the year. Wimbledon got underway on Monday. we will have the Wimbledon report coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. 7.50, I think you said? Sure. 7.50 will have the Wimbledon report. But uh, uh, many of the matches were suspended yesterday because of rain. Uh, two Canadians, however, were able to finish their first round matchups. Leila Annie Fernandez defeated Ukraine's Katerina Bandel. 6-4, 4, 4, 6, 6, 4. Uh, That's Leila's first main draw win at Wimbledon. Uh, a tough matchup in round two for Fernandez. She'll take on world number five, Caroline Garcia of France. Uh, not a great day for the 11 seed Felix Ojeda Aliassim. He lost his mm-hmm. first match since being bounced by Fabio Forgini back at the, back at, the at the French Open. He lost to lucky loser American Michael Moe uh, yeah, in four sets. Uh, Denis Shapovalov's first round match against Moldova's Radu Albo uh, will be was suspended yesterday at 2-2 uh, in the second set because of darkness. Shapovalov losing that one seven five. It'll start up any moment now. Uh, Bianca Andreescu's first round match will go up around 10 a.m. Calgary time against Hungary's Anna Bondar. And it's a farewell tour for one Milos Raonic possibly playing in his final Wimbledon. He'll take on Austria's Dennis Novak. Of course, Milos reached the 2016 final before losing to Andy Murray in mm. straight sets. And Georgia boy, Novak Djokovic, looking for his third Grand Slam title of the year. Dispatched Argentina's Pedro Chachin 6-3, 6-3, 7-6. Joker will take on Jordan Thompson of Australia yeah, my Wednesday. boy,
0: My boy Novak Djokovic hasn't lost at Wimbledon in 10 years. <laughs> Ten years, by the way. (laughs) Ten years, ten years he hasn't lost. A decade of. And I saw a tweet last night, and I knew this. I just I was not aware of this. Uh, Since 2018, Novak Djokovic has won 70 straight matches in Australia at the Australian Open and Wimbledon combined. He's 70 and
1: 0. (laughs) We have been spoiled in this era of tennis. Like like first it was Federer who was dominant, Mm -hmm. and then it was Nadal who was super dominant. You're thinking there's no way anyone could be as good as he is, mm-hmm. and then now we have Novak. We've been yeah, spoiled I just want this last to, decade plus. He, he, again, he's
0: the overwhelming favorite to win on Wimb- yeah, Wimbledon because he's the best grass court player on the mm. planet right now. Yes. Um, again, I want him to surpass Serena's total of 23 with this nonsense that she's the greatest of all time when it's <laughs> clearly Novak Djokovic. Excuse me?
1: Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's not nonsense that she's the greatest of all time. She is.
0: No. like uh, yeah, Sure. She, she is. But we're talking about like who she beat. She beat a lot of tomato cans winning those. So like when you're talking about the greatest <laughs> tennis player of all time, it's Novak Djokovic, and it's not even close, beating the other two greatest tennis players at the same time in the same era. I mean, 23 titles is nothing Oh, no, again, at. nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at at all. I'm just saying. Once he surpasses that, then there's no question on the greatest player, whoever. Serena's me. the goat until spoken otherwise. <laughs> we can debate that. On the lady side. Well, no, no she's not go like... For, go for both sides. No, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she's not even Yes, close. she is. Yes. Okay, anyway. Go ahead. Shan with
2: the Wimbledon report coming up at <laughs> 7.50. Uh, Calgary Peters, They had a welcome site. uh was like back at practice yesterday. Uh, receiver Reggie Bagleton, who's been dealing with a rib injury, seems likely to go on Friday against the Bombers. We'll have some audio from head coach and GM Dave Dickinson coming up In. 30. big one in week five for the Stamps. cfl week four was wrapping up last night and how about them argos there george uh the lone unbeaten now in the cfl beating the crap out of the bc lions 45 24 six interceptions from that argos defense yes they had a 91 yard punt return td from javon yeah, as well uh maddie will update the fantasy scores eventually uh i was getting my ass beat i only had 29.3 points heading into the final uh last night i don't know what chad kelly did uh but George, you're looking pretty good. I trounced Team Up. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. Yeah. I
0: have uh, the Argos defense. Boris Beatty, last night kicking field goals yeah. all over the place. My man Dominique Grimes <laughs> had a pair of touchdowns. I absolutely
2: eviscerated Team Up. <laughs> so we'll have uh, the update on the CFL fantasy league. My man Cody Fajardo yeah, keeps man. getting it done.
0: Can I play this not,
2: not on Sunday. Not on sun. Yeah, you're in. Yeah. You want to be? Yeah, yeah no Sure. We have,
0: because we we only have five teams, so somebody's Someone's always going to buy every week, <laughs> like it's like the real CFL. Oh, man. Yeah.
2: Uh, and some local notes to close out here. Woo! Look at it! Dogs Dogs oh, kicking oh. off a seven game roadie last night in Medicine Hat, taking the on the dogs. Mavericks. And they just keep on winning. Let
1: the big doggie! Oh, oh, oh. Let the big doggie! 7
2: 3 winners last night. In Medicine Hat, 13 wins in a row to improve to 23-5. and five. They're in Moose Jaw tonight to tangle with the Express to begin a series there. 7-5 first pitch. There's your morning report. Terrific stuff, uh,
0: Patrick. Uh, the morning report slash Rose Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, you choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street. Southeast straight ahead. Uh, we'll talk about the departure of Matthew Phillips from the Calgary Flames Organization. Uh, it's patience. A lot of a lot of it's preaching patience right now for Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames. We'll do that at seven o'clock. And we'll talk to Nick kiprios and maybe bring up William nylander uh, uh,
2: mm. It's
0: the big show. Russick and Rose. No Rose, Julian McKenzie. Sports at nine sixty, the fan.